0: It's a nice uh, segue into this message. And Pastor Mark has been worked, uh, bringing us forth. And Mark Anthony doing a great job of bringing forward this message of pursuing God's vision. Um, uh, which uh, Proverbs 29.18 is our foundational verse. Where there's no vision, the people are unrestrained. But, but happy is he who keeps the law. Proverbs 29.18 in, in the message. If my people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they uh, what they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. Which um, which to me brought forward when we're thinking about making a di- a, a difference, it brought forward in my brain uh, that we're all on this journey. Um, which immediately brought up to me the, the Rand McNally map. I don't know if, if y'all um, and 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 I want to I want you to please forgive me. I, I think I caused some stress to some people this morning by putting little pieces of the Rand McNally map on your seat. I, I had I had someone come up to me and say. Who saved all these seats and and they they 're in my seat. this is my seat so um if you were stressed a little bit because you saw a piece of a map in your seat i'm i'm taking the full blame for that. Um, I did not mean to cause you stress by that at all um, but um, um i I grew uh, you know for some of the old, the younger folks you don't use uh, a, a Rand McNally map, but in my household, there was always the new Rand McNally map in both the cars, so no matter where we went, no matter what happened, what failed, we had a map, okay, and uh, for some of you are a little bit older, you remember the days when there was no, you know, Google Maps to tell you where to go, there was no, um, um, you know, what's the other thing, GPS thing, reconnecting, or whatever they say, what are they, recalculating, recalculating, there was none of that. Before for the married couple, it was, you know, someone driving and someone in the passenger seat with this map. And inevitably on some trip, some reason, something would be read wrong and, and, and you were going the wrong direction. And I, I remember when Natalie and I weren't even married and we, we were bringing a bunch of our friends from Royal Roberts University to Brunswick, um, Georgia. And I was really tired. And so the two, Girls that were with us said, "Well, why don't I drive?" And I said, "Well, here's the map. Here's where we're going. I'm, I'm, you know, taking a nap. I, for whatever reason, we hit a bump. I woke up. We're we're almost in St. Louis, Missouri. We 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 were going the other direction, back to St. Louis. So every bit of my rest was completely ruined because of one small. And then I, I'll be admit, even in my household, there were times where it might be. You know, a little bit tense when you were going the wrong direction. As a matter of fact, my um, my mother in law was just in the house with her husband, and, and we were talking about this a little bit. And um, they had the new GPS, and he didn't know how to run the GPS. So my my step father in law he he helped his friend because they are heading this big trip. They're going to take a big trip across the U.S. or something like that. And uh, so we got back, and and Dick was asking him about his trip. He said, "Well, how to go with the GPS?" He said, "Well, well." There was one time we were using it to go to a restaurant and my wife told me to turn left and the GPS told me to turn right and I got to the restaurant and the GPS was unplugged for the rest of the trip. <laughs> so,
1: <laughs>
0: so, I don't know if you ever experienced that, but I, um, the, the elders of the church, um at one point we're going on a, a little bit of a, a journey we we're, were on a, a map trying to get on the same map together because we knew that there was this time where we were in this transition of we're going to get a new pastor and uh, Mark and I were new to the elder team and we were trying to all kind of get on the same page as to to what is God's vision. So I wanted to back up a little bit and kind of tell you Pastor Marsh would talk about the vision. I wanted to back up and tell you a little bit about how we got to this being God's vision for our church. And um, so what eventually happened was that through some through 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 the word of God and through through a lot of prayer, a lot of prayer and fasting. We're just coming out of this period of fasting and thank you for all of you all that joined us for prayer and fasting. I believe it's going to make a big difference for this year. And um, we were in this time of prayer, fasting talking it through. We actually did a couple conferences together. And as Pastor Mark communicated to you, that's when we came up, we, we, we saw that, the, that God's vision was that lost people need to be saved, saved people need to be pastored, pastored people need to be trained, and trained people need to be mobilized. And, and we, we went through this journey of Scripture. And I'm going to just quickly go through some of these Scriptures throughout the Bible just to kind of help you understand that this... See, we were trying to figure out the vision for the church and then we realized, no, it's not, it's not our vision for the church. It's God's vision for the church, and so we've got to figure out what's God's vision for the church. And, that, 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 and so, so, some of the places we went, we went, we started in Exodus chapter six. And what I'm hoping is, as I read these passages, you're going to you're going to see in these passages where where it's talking about lost people getting saved, saved people getting pastored, pastored people getting uh, trained, and trained people being mobilized. So in Exodus chapter six, verses six through seven, therefore say to the Israelites, "I am the Lord God, and I will bring you out." From the under the yoke of Egypt. Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them. And I will redeem you. With an outstretched arm. And with mighty acts of judgment. I will take you as my own people. And I will be your God. Then you will know that I am your Lord. Your God. Who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. So I'm hoping you're hearing that lost people saved. Saved people pastored. Pastored people trained. And trained people mobilized. I'm hoping you're kind of seeing this as we go. we go. Isaiah 61. Verses one through four. Then the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom from the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and to bring, and, uh, next, and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them the crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of the spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of His splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew uh, the, the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. And if you, if you know about Scripture, you know that at one point, Jesus walked right into the synagogue, and, and, and some would say... It was part of the scriptural reading for that day that he miraculously walked in on the day. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm not a synagogue, I've not been a synagogue participant except for a couple of times. So I don't really know the, the tradition there and what the tradition was there. But he read this very passage of scripture and said in Luke chapter four, verse 21, he says, today this, this, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And as Christ followers, if we're following him, we should be trying to fulfill the same thing that He's trying to fulfill. And so we, we saw these passages. And then in, um, in Mark chapter 16, to get into the, the New Testament, we've got in, in verse 15, he, he said to them, Now, remember, we're, we're listening for lost people saved, saved people pastured, pastured people trained, and trained people mobilized. He said to them, "'Go into the world and preach the gospel to all creation. "'Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, "'but whoever does not believe will be condemned. "'And these signs will accompany those who believe.'" And Then in verse twenty, then the disciples went out and preached everywhere, and the Lord worked with them and confirmed uh, His words with signs that accompanied Him. And then the then the church in Acts chapter one verse eight says, "But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be My witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth." And then we see as we look read through the rest of Acts, we see the results of this move of the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter two verse. Forty-one. So those who received his word were baptized. Saw people being baptized, and then they were added that day about three thousand souls. And in Acts chapter two forty-seven, praising God and having favor with all people, and the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. And Acts five fourteen. And more than ever, believers were added to the Lord. Multitudes of both men and women. And in Acts 11, 24, we see, For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit, speaking of Barnabas, a full of faith, and a great many people were added to the Lord as a result of this work of the Holy Spirit in the early church. And in um, Colossians, again, we're, remember what we're listening for in these passages. We're listening our, our lost people being saved, and our saved people being pastored, and our pastor people being trained, and our trained people being mobilized. Um, in Colossians uh, chapter 1, verses 28 and 29, He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom, so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. To this on end, I strenuously contend with all energy Christ excuse me, with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. And then finally, in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 17 through 18, I keep asking that the Lord excuse me, I keep asking that God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, so that you may know Him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, in order that you may know the hope to which He has called you, the riches of His glorious inheritance and His holy people. So, so we as a group of men, leaders of the church, that, that we believe God's put us in these positions to be leaders. Um, for, and for those that may not know what an elder, elders are leaders of the church. We, we've been asked to be um, leaders of the church, and so I'm some people call me Elder Eads. Some people call me the Electric Elder Eads, the Triple E, um, or you could just call me Patrick. But anyway, um, the the that was a joke. Sorry. So um, as elders, we were grappling with, well, you know, what's the deal? We we began to see this, and that's again, that's where we began to see this: lost people saved, saved people pastor, pastor people train, and trained people mobilized. No matter what the who the pastor is in the future. They should be on board with this kind of vision because it's God's vision and it's throughout Scripture. And this is where we should be heading as a church. And that we shouldn't as... And, and, and y'all, I'm just going to be honest with you. Um, it was kind of an aha moment for me as an elder in the church. It was kind of like when I, when I was going through... Uh, when I was first a parent, had our, our first baby, when we had Alyssa. And I remember about three months into it, I said, if there's any way that we can just get rid of this child without anybody knowing... It's driving me crazy. I never know why I wanted to be a parent. I, I, Natalie, you're doing a great job, but this is insane. And then my my sister, my sister who had no children, we went to visit her, and, and I think she saw some of the angst and the, the, the terror in my eyes about being a parent. And and um, my sister who had no children, you know, gave us parenting advice, you know, and um. um and for whatever reason, we decided, you know what, we're going to follow this parenting advice and we connected with a group and, um, and I'm telling you, my wife and I started listening to this material, um, and we started implementing it, some of it in our, in our household. And all of a sudden I said, this is why we have children. This is phenomenal. And so we added three more. And so, um, <laughs> could have been more. So anyway, what, what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is as I was going through that parenting training, I started realizing, my child was born like this, but I can do something about it. My child acts like this because I'm not parenting them appropriately. Particularly when they're young. Now when they're 18 and older, you know, they you could teach them and, and we'll just trust the scripture that God's going to bring them to the place of their, their roots, right? But the, the bottom line is this, and gratefully, thank you Jesus that all four of mine have recognized that. But, 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 but what I started out recognizing is my kids were, in some cases, acting like me. And some of it wasn't good. Now, I will say this. It wasn't all bad. I just got a text from my son this morning. This just came from my son this morning. I hope he doesn't mind me sharing this with you. I'll ask him permission later. (laughs) This is what he texted me. I I didn't ask him to send this to me. He said, thanks so much the way you raised me. Thankfully, my first fast wasn't when I came to Highlands College. Thankfully I knew how to pray before I came on staff at a church. I think I hear God more than, more, more and enjoy 21 days of fasting more than most people do. I talk to most of what I can gather is that it's because I started doing these things at a young age. So, as an elder, I started realizing Our church is not mobilized because we're not mobilizing them. We have not intentionally done what's necessary for them to do what's necessary to make a difference in our community. We've done a lot of busy things, but never grabbed arms together as leaders and said, we're going to force, we're going to. And so you guys have been hearing about a growth track for months and, months and months and months and months and months because we determined that's one of the ways to get people activated and acclimated, to get them mobilized, to do what's God's best for them. That's what we've been trying to do. And it ain't going to stop. You're going to hear, keep hearing about the growth track. And we're going to talk about it and talk about a topic because we, we intentionally want this church to make a difference because we want this church to be filled three and four times because we believe it's God's vision. So when we started saying that this is God's vision for the church to grow, the church to grow, for lost people to get saved. As a matter of fact, then all of a sudden it was an aha moment when we when one of the elders was reading the bulletin and we found this in the bulletin. Christian renewal exists to glorify God by reaching the lost, disciplining them to Christ, equipping them for service, commissioning them to go and win the nations. We'd had it as a vision for a long time. But we as a team had not, not gotten together and said, how are we going to best empower our church? And I I just thought it it was important for y'all to kind of know where we came from as leaders and where we're going as leaders. Because we're, we're committed to God's vision. Now we stand a little bit different now. Reaching the lost is, is, no longer, it's knowing God and discipling them to Christ is finding freedom and equipping them for service is discovering their purpose and commissioning them to go and win the nations is now to make a difference. So we just we just reworded it just a little bit, but it means the same thing. It's just we we made it easy for us because I can't keep up with all those other words. So so we made it easy, and we made it easy for lost people that don't know him to figure it out. It, it was our whole point. So. Um, Which brings me to this whole thing for us as elders. In Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 16, he says, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, the teachers to equip the saints. See, we we need to equip you. It's not Mark's job to do the ministry. It's not Pastor Mark Anthony's job to do the ministry. As a matter of fact, as elders, we should fire each other if we're doing the ministry. Because scripturally, that's not the plan. Scripturally, we should be empowering you to do God's great work. And so it's, a, it's such a complete transition. It's a complete change. And if you're expecting Pastor Mark to, to do the ministry, we're going to try to help you, encourage you that that's not the deal. We want to raise you up. Because that's what, that's what Scripture tells us. And I know you want us to be obedient to Scripture. Is there a believer in the house? all we're trying to do we have a passion for the word of god we want to do what god tells us to do and so god's telling us as, as the leaders in the church to equip the saints to equip the saints for the work of the ministry for building up the body of christ for building up the body of christ for filling this place right Filling this place um until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro for the waves carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth and love, we're to grow in every way. We're to grow in every way. We're to grow in every way into Him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which we are equipped, when which parts are working properly, make the body grow. Make the body grow. Make the body grow. Make the body grow. So that it builds itself up in love. We are supposed to make a difference, y'all. So the church will grow. The, the elders noted that we weren't growing. I'll, I'll, I'll let you know, we count people. We count them. Well you're just you just afraid you just want numbers. No, no. We're concerned that we want people not to go to hell. You count things that are important to you. Don't you? You know how much money's in your bank account. You care more about that than who's sitting here? See, that's the funny thing. Because we keep up with numbers, people might criticize that and say, you just worried about numbers. No, we're worried about souls. We're worried about people. And the only know if we only know we only know we only way we know we're growing is if we see more people. And what we were seeing as we began to count numbers is we weren't we weren't growing. We were stagnant. We were matter of fact, if anything, we were going down. Just being honest with y'all, I'm just trying to kind of let you know where we're coming from. I think it's good for the church to know where we're coming from because I think some people have questioned our, particularly for, for Mark and I. am gonna be honest with you. Some people have questioned Mark and I because we were the new elders, and you know maybe we we're doing something weird. We love God, and we want to honor Him, and we have great passion for Him, and we have passion for the lost that they're in here. And see, see, you all have a piece of a map right there with you. And we all are part of this big map. But if you'll notice around, there's lots of chairs with pieces of maps in them. And they're part of our big plan. They're part of our road atlas. They're part of our road atlas. Look here, y'all. We're, we're, lost, in, we're lost in whatever city this is. Cincinnati. They We're lost there. We have nobody representing Cincinnati. This is Hawaii. We're lost there. Eureka, California has no representatives. Colorado's in here somewhere. Who, who's got Brunswick, Georgia? Somebody's got to have Brunswick, Georgia. Somebody got Brunswick, Georgia. You got Brunswick, Georgia. I, I wanted to give twenty dollars to Brunswick, Georgia. Here's twenty dollars for Brunswick, Georgia. Who's got Atlanta? Because you owe us some money. I want. I want because <laughs> I've sat in that city too long for somebody to pay me back for what I, the time I've spent in Atlanta, Georgia. All right? I'm just you know I'm just saying. Are, are, are y'all getting my? I mean, it's not a, it's not a perfect point, but are y'all getting my point? We got pieces of our of our road out that's missing. They're part of our our unified trip. But guess who's responsible for them being here? I want you to think on that for just a minute. <laughs> See, here's the thing: God God's already hardwired all of us for this fancy word called transcendence. Uh, Mark mentioned the word in our in our in our leaders, meet, some of our leaders, meeting that in this just a fancy word that means ex, existence or experience beyond the normal or physical level. Level, we we all want something beyond the normal, but it doesn't happen by accident, and it won't happen without you saying, "Lord, how can I make a difference?" Does that make sense? So, um, so I got some other scriptures here: John fifteen, eight and verse eleven. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. See, the Lord wants you to bear much fruit. He, want, he wants you to bear much fruit. Showing yourselves to be disciples. He said, I've told you this in verse 11. So that, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Transcendence. Just experiencing God's greatest because we're doing His will and being fruitful with His great plan for this church that you belong to. Right? For us together to make a difference. Um, 1 Peter four ten in the New Living Test, uh, t- uh, Testament. God has given gifts to each of you. God has given gifts to each of you. Pastor Mark Anthony talked a little bit about this, about we're all different parts of the body. God's given different gifts to each of you. Manage them well. See, we weren't managing them well. And now we're trying to manage them well. That's what we're trying... As leaders, we're trying to manage them well. And we're asking you to manage them well as well. Manage them well as well. So you manage them well. We manage well. We'll all be well, right? Manage them well so that God's generosity can flow through you. So God's generosity... God's generosity can flow through you. See, that's transcendent. That's beyond you. That's God flowing through you and making a difference. Does that make sense? Are you all with me? you hear, hear what I'm saying. See, it's not for yourself. You did not come to Christ for yourself. It's not for me. It's for we. It's for we. It's for the missing parties, the missing map pieces, the missing part of our 2019 road atlas. May it rest in peace. Special thanks to my wife for helping me cut out all these little things. It's not usable anymore. Some of y'all might have gotten a few coffee stains from a few trips, okay? So so where were we? Christianity ultimately is other-oriented. In other words, Christ didn't die for just me. We exist for the people who are not here. One more time. We exist for the people who are not here. You're not here for yourself. I'm not here for myself. We exist for the people who are not here. We're not an exclusive club. We're not a country club. We're not a spiritual club. We exist for the people who are not here. We are a team of folks on a journey together to make a difference. A journey to bring those very people who are not here home. Their empty seats are crying out to me. And we're going to do everything we can to fill them by inspiring, encouraging you to make a difference. I'm too old. Show me the scripture. I don't have enough time. Show me the scripture. I can't. Show me the scripture. Patrick, you don't understand. Show me the scripture. Because what what I'm saying to you is if you'll just do, God will bless it. If you'll just do, God will bless it. If you don't, there ain't nothing to bless. I'm just trying to inspire y'all. We are intentionally recognizing God's vision for us to work together to complete our journey together. We value every person who's not here and every person that's here. We want you to serve together on a team and be connected to His dream. It's not our dream, it's it's, it's his dream. Success is when we're all moving on the spiritual journey in our road atlas together. We're all moving. We're we're, we're not sitting still. We're going to try to emulate Christ to fulfill his vision. So, um, Matthew 16, 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you want to be my follower, you must give up your own way. You must give up your own way. We've got to get on the same map. We've got to get off our map and get on his map. Right? You must give up your own way, take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for the sake of the Lord, you'll save it. And Jesus Himself said, I am the John 14, 6, said, I am I am the way. I am the truth, I'm the life. That's the way we're to follow. And if this truly is God's vision to know God, to find freedom, to discover purpose. And for us to make a difference, then we've got to do something with that. Matter of fact, Jesus, this was said of Jesus in Philippians chapter two. He said so in verse one. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, being of the same mind, having the same love, being full, being full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also the interests of others. Have this mind in, among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the God of the Father. And I believe Jesus' example for us is that we surrender our lives to make a difference. That we choose to give our lives for others. That we recognize that we're not on this ball of dirt to get up, go to work every day, get up, go to work every day, without Him working through us to bring these grand and glorious changes, not only in our own lives, but in the lives of others. Um, so there are three things that, that you can do to map your journey, to make a difference, and as a result, help people know God. And we've been we've been as leaders been trying to push this growth track, dream team. And lead a group. So I I got a simple question: Have you, have you completed the growth track? Uh, Matter of fact, I I did. I did. I did during the first week. And and in step two, I just wanted to share something in step two that I found out. In step two of the growth track, which is discover your gifts and God's design for you, um, we do this person they do this personality thing. And I found out I'm an ID. I found out I'm an ID. So I wanted to tell you what an ID is. Just because this is something you might learn. You might might learn if you're just a D or an I or S or a C. Or you might find out if you're ID, IS, whatever, whatever the way they go around. I found out I was an ID. So what's an ID, right? These are some characteristics of an ID. We are persuaders who are outgoing and energetic. We enjoy large groups and use our power of influence to attain respect and convince people to follow our lead sometimes we can be viewed as fidgety and nervous but it comes from our need to be part of a challenge that may that has variety freedom and mobility we could benefit from learning to look before we leap and spending more time being studious and still we make inspiring leaders and know how to get results from from and through people so I've, that's what i discovered i was and that's why when mark and i met and talked about you know what am i supposed to be doing in the church that's why I said, well, Patrick, you don't, you don't belong in the sound booth. This doesn't sound like stuff that needs to be in the sound booth. You, you belong up here from time to time with me and helping me. You belong in the lead team. And you, you, you need to help us. So it kind of helped me to discover my purpose, right? And then we did the spiritual gifts um, dealy. We did the spiritual gifts um, analysis. And I, discovered, I found out that my primary spiritual gifts are, are leadership, mercy, and faith. And then I found out, secondarily, very close to these were were um, also um, exhortation, discernment, prophecy, and service. So again, when talking to Mark and looking at the stuff and talking as leaders about what I'm supposed to be doing, we we started recognizing you know giftings and where are you supposed to go. And this is what we want to do with you. We want the we want to, we want to do this with you. We want to we want to figure out where do you plug in? and How do you make a difference? Right? That's what we want to do. Um, remember, it's not for me. It's for we. Let's live out God's design by understanding God's design so we can make a difference and, and fulfill his dream. And then, um, then another part of this is the dream team. Um, we wanted you to be part of a dream team. And we have we have lots of dream teams. So, so let me let me run through these dream teams and, and tell, you, tell you about them. We've got the administration team um, led by Gail and Margie Morgan. Um, Gail Owens and Margie, Margie Morgan. we got the altar team led by Ricky Williams. We've got the baptism team ref, re, um, but Nathan Gableman's on the, as leader of that team. We've got the children's team with Kellen Laracy as the leader. Coffee team with Mickey Faust leading that one. Communion team with Jason and Stella Langley who just started having, if you, ha- if you didn't know, we have communion up here every Sunday now as a, as a result of their team. Um, and they'd probably like some other team members on their team to help them with the team. We've got a decoration team led by Kathy Lee. And, uh, we've got an events team led by Lindy Kofor. We've got a greeter team led by Adele Tyson. We've got a growth track team led by Cindy Zangla. We've got a hospital team um, led by Maggie Bloodworth. We've got a joy ministry team led by Chris Boggs. We've got a leadership team led by our pastor, Mark uh, Linton. We've got a legacy team also led by our pastor, Mark Linton. Um, we've got a Lowe's and fishes team led by D.D. Gableman sitting right here in the front row. We've got a nursery check-in team, um, nursery team, Natalie Eads. I know that woman pretty well. And then we've got, um, we got an outreach team that doesn't have a leader. We've got a parking team that doesn't have a leader. We've got a prayer team, Bill, Bill Cofer. We've got a production team, Patrick Eads, who's going to do his best to... Produce himself out of the production team, and then we got the security team um, led by Josh Bain. We got a student team led by Amy Gordon and Hannah Harrell. We got an usher team led by Dane Hutchinson. We got a worship team led by Mark Anthony Linton. You belong on a team, and I'm just, I'm just, I'm just asking you, t- for you to be just straight up, Lord. What team do I belong on? Now, one of the ways you can discover it is by going through this growth track. We'll, we'll help you to discover. We'll, 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 we'll and, then, and then if we even get it wrong, guess what? We can make a change. Um, Billy Godwin, who he was a great leader in our church early on, he used to say, you know, you, you know, when you're saying you want to be led by the Holy Spirit, sometimes we as Christians, the only lead we feel is the lead in our behinds, and we just sit there. And he would say, "You know what? Do what you think the next right step is, and if you get it wrong, the lord 's big enough to take care of it, but at least you 're taking the next next great step we 're just asking you to take the next step on your little roadmap, part of our big atlas that we 're all trying to be part of okay that 's all we 're trying to ask you to do it 's just a little bit, Holy Spirit, what team do I belong on? You belong on the team. You belong on the team." And then the final place that you can um, make a difference is uh, leading or or participating in a small group. Pastor Mark has already talked about that today. I just want to encourage you again. Um, We're we're getting ready to start small groups again in two weeks. We can get you ready for it. Um, We want to be a church of small groups, not a church with small groups. And Pastor Mark said this before. The church must become smaller with small groups, and larger at the same time, and, we, and we've seen this through Scripture too. Because there's, you know, in case you're bucking about that, we've seen this in Scripture, Acts chapter twenty, verse twenty. Um, you know that I've not hesitated to preach anything that you would uh, would be helpful to you, but have taught you publicly and from house to house. Evidently, the Apostle Paul did public and home small groups, small groups. Life change can happen in small groups. Relationships are built, and the Lord uses them to bring healing. In a small group. We need each other to help each other and support each other in a small group. James 5.16 says this. Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. That happens in small groups. Iron is in Proverbs 27.17. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. That happens in small groups. Jesus himself was a pretty good small group leader. He, he he had a, a group of three, a group of 12, he had a group of 70. It just wasn't the masses, y'all. Just encourage you to be part of a small group. Lead a small group. Encourage people to be part of a small group. And grasp people from outside of our church who belong in these empty chairs. They belong right here. But they've had nobody invite them to a small group or the church. We're doing our best to make sure this is a church where people who are unsaved will love to come, and people who are saved come. However, we need to say it that both groups love coming here. That's what we're trying to do. I'm hoping that you, you that are are saved and blood bought, and you know Jesus, you still love coming here, even after me bringing this message today. And I'm and I'm and I'm hoping that you that have never. Trusted Christ, that you actually enjoyed being here today, that you enjoyed the worship led by Richard, which to me was a, a testament of our, through our, he went through the four, he went through our growth track. And, and we discovered. And his wife went through, went through the growth track and she's sitting up there doing some stuff that she's very talented at. Well, we wouldn't have known that. We just let him come to church for years and years and years and, and, and maybe at some point gotten close enough to figure it out but We've implemented something so we can help, and they—they—they they, they looked at their—we looked at their gifts and their talents, and we figured it out. And they're, there, they're leading our worship this morning. Where do you belong? You don't know? We'll just start somewhere. Pray. You're not on the map if you don't belong. If you're not—if you're not connected, you need to get to the map with us. Um, join us in the journey to fulfill His vision, vision, so we can make a difference. So lost people will get saved. So saved people will get pastored. So pastored people will be trained. And trained people will be mobilized. You're wired to make a difference, y'all. If you're not satisfied with where you are right now, you're not making a difference. And I'm hoping the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. That it's time for you to say, Lord, where's my next step? What do I need to do? I'm inviting you to participate in the growth track. I'm inviting you to participate in a small group. I'm inviting you to hear from the Holy Spirit and take your next step. Okay? So you can make a difference. Because you're wired to make a difference. You are wired. You're absolutely wired to make a difference. We've got to do something. And so Father, I thank you for just your revelation this morning that, that as a team, we've got to, we've got to get, we've got to surrender ourselves and and say, Lord, how can we make a difference in this, in this team called Christian Renewal? So that we can make a difference. And so, Lord, I, I can't make anything happen in anybody's hearts, but I ask you, Lord, whatever you've done in people's hearts this morning, that they would, they would recognize the work of your Holy Spirit, and they would not sit on it, but they would take the next step. Whether it would be to go through the growth track, whether it would be go through the growth track because they did nothing with it. Again, whether it would be to start a small group, whether it be to attend a small group, whether whether it would be to to be part of a dream team, be a, be a dream team member and be part of a dream team. Lord, that you would, would inspire each of us to take the action that you want us to take, Lord. That we would not, we would no longer make excuses. And we would say, Lord, whatever, you, whatever it takes, I'm going to do, I'm going to take the next step. And I'm going to trust you to, to make everything happen so it can happen and I can do, do what you want me to do. And I thank you, Lord, that you're, you're more than able to do that. And Lord, I want to thank you. We, we got a great church that's doing a lot of great things, Lord, but we want to do more. We want to see this church grow. We want to see—we want to—we mul- want to see what your Scripture says that, that, that numbers will be multiplied and people, new people will come to you, and that we'll begin to see that every week, Lord. And so that's—that's, that's, uh, Lord, you know, I'm not trying to tell anybody they're not doing what they need to do, but we know that it needs to be more, Lord. If we're honest with ourselves, we know we know that these seats should be filled, and that we should be having two and three services because there's so many lost people out there that need to know you. So thank you, Lord, for doing that work in our hearts. Thank you, Lord, for blessing Pastor Mark, Pastor Mark Anthony, the, the, the other leaders in the church, the other, the, and the leaders in the schools, in our school, in our lovely school. Lord, I thank you for strengthening them, giving them direction, Lord. And Lord, I thank you for using them to your glory. But well, Lord, I thank you for helping all the leaders to know how to best equip our church for the work of service so that we can make a difference. And I give you praise for that. In Christ's name.
1: Amen. Y'all give it up for our elder. He's here doing a great job. And I just, I just want to tell you, as a pastor, and I've been this almost, June 1st will be 30 years here full time. Walking with the Lord and, and, and helping people. And I have just as much passion today as I did when I first gave my life to the Lord over 33 years ago. That there are people, y'all, they're not going to make it. There are people, they're not going to make it unless we do something. And that is the reason we do everything. The reason we want you on a team. The one reason we want you serving is, is not just to serve sake. Because people are going to walk in here. And if there's not somebody there with a smiling face, you know, a lot of people show up at church. They're afraid to come to church. You know why? Number one reason, they're afraid they'll be judged. They'd come, but they're like, I ain't coming to church. You know what? There are people, they're going to look at me funny, and they're going to say, ooh, look at them. Mm. We're trying to create an environment. You're the one that helps us create that. It says, hey, we love you. We're sinners ourselves. It's just by the grace of God we actually saw the light and said, Lord, you're just that good to me. You're just that good. And so that's our whole purpose. That's my whole purpose is to get those who don't know him to get to know him because once we know him, then we can take that next step and we can go on that journey. So that's our passion for that. If you would, if you'd open your hands to the Lord, I want to bless you right now. Thank you, Father God. Father God, you're the creator of the universe. You're the one that commanded blessing to be spoken over your people, that your name might be placed on them, and you in turn would do the blessing. And so I say to each one of you, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord causes face to shine upon you and be gracious to you and the Lord lift the light of his countenance on you and give you his peace in Jesus name. Amen.